Hey everyone, welcome to February Spotlight on Rom-Coms here at Allentown Presents. Tonight we are talking about Easy A, one of both of our favorite rom-coms. Otis is not a super huge fan of rom-coms, but he does like this one because it's more comedy than it is romantic, but it's a great movie. If you haven't seen this movie, you need to get yourself in front of a TV, basically. Find a way to watch it. You, I'm sure you can download it somewhere illegally, but buy it on Amazon, do whatever. This movie is freaking great. Oh yeah, it's up there with um, Mean Girls. Oh yeah. Like that that high school comedy. This one's a lot more romantic than Mean Girls. Yeah. But uh, just that same vein, just solid really funny yeah this movie was like kind of in the vein of the that like 90s group of rom-coms that all kind of came out at the same time like she's all that and 10 things i hate about you there was like a little chunk of them that came out in the late 90s yeah and there was another one similar to that in the late 2000s like 2009 to 2015 maybe there was like a handful of them that came out um, that were all really, like, really, really funny. A lot more comedy than romance, I feel like. Yeah. Um, but definitely within the genre of, like, romantic comedy. Another one of Emma Stone's would be Crazy Stupid Love. There you go. That's what it was. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that movie's fucking funny. I don't know if you've seen that. No. Oh my god, it's so funny. It's, it's fucking good. Ryan Gosling playing, like, uh, he's, like, too cool to be around anyone or to like pay attention to anyone he's just like one of those super cool dudes yeah and he's like teaching Carell Steve Carell who's like a fucking dad to be cool it's really really good and then Emma Stone is Steve Carell's daughter and they end up falling over each other and it's like a whole thing but <laughs> but that sounds familiar I but might no. have made you watch it but no no I, I don't no, remember looking it's at really it but good. that sounds familiar uh, one of the scenes in that movie that was like memed a lot was um, like the first time that Emma Stone and fucking Ryan Gosling get together. Mm-hmm. They're like at his apartment, like making out and about to like get it on. And he starts to undress and he takes off his shirt and she just like stops and he's like, what the fuck, dude? Are you photoshopped? Is this real? Because <laughs> he's like glistening, like, <laughs> like he's like oiled up and it's Ryan Gosling. So he's all like jacked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really funny. And there was a hella memes about it because right before that, like all the, all those like Hey Girl memes that came out about Ryan Gosling, a oh, bunch yeah. of them were taken from that scene, like the different moments in that scene, so... Anyways, this is, uh, Easy A is a really great rom-com and you guys should all watch it. Emma Stone is the leading lady in this movie. She plays Olive Pendergast, common nerdy high school student, basically. She's like nerdy, but not like D&D nerdy. She's just really, really book smart and doesn't like make a big fuss about it. She's not overly like popular or like, she's not one of those like super overachievers. Like it doesn't seem like she's in you know, a ton of clubs and all of that. Cause no. No, she's just, like, really book smart, but just kind of in the middle of everything else. Like, she's not doing clubs. She's not doing sports. She's not, like, look, hey, look at me. Look what I can do. She's just, yeah. like, she's owning her classes, basically. The plot of this movie is very confusing, I guess. If Like, <laughs> I'm going to try to explain it as best I can, but if you haven't read the, the book The Scarlet Letter... 
some of this movie, some of this plot that I'm explaining to you probably is going to be confusing. <laughs> Sorry. So Olive has a best friend, Rhiannon, and her best friend Rhiannon is one of those like, oh my God, bitch, you have to tell me everything kind of girls. And she asks Olive to go out um, like for the weekend, like to go camping with her family. And Olive doesn't want to go. Like she wants to fucking put on sweatpants and do not a goddamn thing. <laughs> and I feel that girl. Like that's, that's fucking life. So she makes up some lie about, like, just an offhand lie. Like, I'm going to go see, you know, this guy that I met. Like, I'm, I have a date with this guy in college. You know, innocent little lie. Trying to get, She's trying to get out of going camping. It wasn't meant to be anything serious. So the weekend goes on. Olive spends the entire weekend at home just, like, dicking around in her room. And comes back to school on Monday. And Rhiannon forces her basically like how was your date what did you do how you know how did it go how how was everything just in her business like won't fucking shut up and all is just like it was fine you know it was whatever and she keeps just pestering her and eventually olive is like well fuck it you want you won't believe my story you won't believe what i'm telling you so i'm gonna just give in to what you said happened and we'll just go from there so she so rannon's like you fucking lost your v-card how dare you like you dirty little slut and like you know in a good way like in a friend way and you know olive just kind of leans into it she's like yeah you know it was you know a one-time thing i'll never see him again it was whatever it was you know it was romantic it was this it was that you know kind of just playing into the lie because rhiannon's not listening to her about what actually like nothing fucking happened yeah so when this happens when rhiannon is like bugging Emma Stone and or Olive and Olive is telling Rhiannon, you know, all this bullshit about losing her virginity to this college guy. Uh, this girl, this character played by Amanda Bynes is, comes out of the bathroom stall. Basically they put, they're in a bathroom talking about it. And Amanda Bynes character comes out of a stall and Amanda Bynes's character is the head of the Jesus group on <laughs> campus like she's basically the warship leader of the i don't know i can't remember what they were called the jesus freaks and honestly <laughs> and she comes out and olive's like you know please don't tell any you know don't tell anyone basically and she's like uh what does she say you will have to pay for your sins. You'll or you'll have to pay to a higher power your answer to a higher power for your sins. And then she like does this hand thing where she like reaches her hand up to God. It's fucking ridiculous. Like Amanda Vines crushes it as this Jesus freak character. Yeah. Then the rumor mill starts because Amanda Vines' character is a bitch and just like she tells one girl who tells whoever. And by the time Rhiannon and Emma Stone and Olive get out of the bathroom the entire school knows that Olive gave it up like has lost her virginity and they're all talking about it yeah but but it's funny that the story is like slightly changing oh like, yeah as yeah. it moves around apparently yeah, it's, it was it's like, telephone for sure yeah wasn't it like a threesome that one person yeah. said <laughs> yeah is it true that you lost it this way yeah it's complete it's just like Showing you how ridiculous and fucked up the rumor mill is in high school. Well, and in the rest of your life. Like, yeah. the rumor mill never goes away. So that's where it starts. This this is all in, like, the first 15 minutes of the movie. Like, her just supposed sexual encounter that everybody thinks has happened. 
So now everyone is like, I don't know, treating her differently, like pretending or not pretending, but being attracted to her, like guys are kind of hitting on her. Guys are, you know, asking, like noticing her when they weren't before because she's just kind of this, you know, middle of the road kid, not like a, not like a star or whatever. Yeah, it, it's it's funny because she, she brings it up. She's like, you know, everybody was like nosy and interested in her life, but no one was actually like wanting to go on a date with her or yeah, actually yeah, talk yeah. to her. They were like, I don't even know what word. They were like nervous around her. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, so she goes to class later that same day, and another girl from the Jesus group, like, bitches at her, says some dumb shit about her being, like, slutty in class, in her class to her, and Olive is like, uh, you're just a twat, like, straight (laughs) up, and gets sent to the principal's office and gets, you know, put in detention. This detention leads to... The big plot of the wider plot of this movie. This other boy um, named Brandon ends up in detention with her. They end up cleaning, uh, having to like clean the gym or something like that, like mopping the gym. One of the stalls in the restroom. They did a couple of things. Oh, yeah, yeah, they were like, they had to clean a bunch of the school for their detention. And in that, you know, when you just like end up with someone, even if you're not really like super close to them, you end up spending like a day with them, you just end up talking about the most deepest and weirdest and randomest shit ever (laughs) this was their day like they were cleaning and they were just talking about you know all of these different things and brandon you know asks her you know i heard this and this and this about you and she's like uh none of that fucking happened (laughs) and then she asks him you know i heard you were gay and all this and he was like yeah i am but I'm just trying to get the fuck out of like out of high school. I can't stand it here. He's getting bullied for being gay and it's a big problem. And then he thinks about it and he basically propositions her kind of, makes a deal with her. Like, let's you like the attention that you're getting for being a quote-unquote slut and I need the attention off of me. Like, I need people to stop hating me because I'm gay. I need something that will prove to people that I'm not gay or whatever that will get them off my back. Yeah. So they come up with this plan. Olive comes up with this plan. They're going to go to this party that this girl is, uh, that Melody Bostick is <laughs> throwing. And they're going to have sex, like, during the party. And it's going to be this loud, obnoxious, like, everyone's going to know that it happened thing. So they go to the party. They pretend to have sex. They're, like, being loud, making noises and stuff. <laughs> jumping on the bed, being <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> Those noises are... If nothing else, if you don't like any of the people in this film and haven't enjoyed the film up to this point, you will enjoy this sex scene because of how fucking stupid it is. <laughs> like, it's two people who clearly have never had sex and they're just, like, trying to do their best at making, like, porn noises. It's <laughs> hilarious. So, she does that and he comes out of the room and he's, like, big man on campus. All the guys are like, yeah, like hooray, you're not gay. We thought you were gay, but you're not. You're straight. Hooray. Keep in mind this was 2010. We've come a long way in 10 years. It was a big deal then. (laughs) And, you know, she's just whatever. Like, she doesn't care because people are already talking about her like she's a whore or whatever. She had sex with one, with Brandon and supposedly this college guy. Like, she doesn't give a shit. So, a couple days go by. And 
another guy comes up to her and is like, Brandon told me what you did. And she kind of leans into it like, oh, yeah, you know what I did. Blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, we fucked or whatever. And he's like, no, he told me what you really did. Like, how he paid you, you know, how he gave you a gift and whatever. So she agrees to, with this guy, like, okay, I want, you know, this, a gift card to this place for this much money. And you can say that you, you know, touch my boob or whatever. Yeah. So she starts making these deals with all these, like, people, all these nerdy kids in the school. You know, she did this, she did that. And her, the rumor mill about her is just escalating. Like, oh, I heard she did this, I heard she did that. Everyone, you know, it's just continually escalating. So basically, the entire school thinks she's a slut. And she changes her whole attitude Rhiannon, her best friend, basically agrees, like, as all these rumors start to fly, Rhiannon just, like, doesn't want to hear anything that Olive has to say and starts believing all these rumors that are being thrown around about Olive, about her being a slut. So, Olive just, like, is like, well, fuck it. You think I'm a slut? Let's fucking do it. And she goes shopping. She buys all these, like, corsets and shit. She puts red A's on her, <laughs> um, which is a tie-in to the, the Scarlet Letter, which they are reading in class. And basically, Olive's entire, like, this whole thing that Olive's going through is, like, her being Hester Prynne from the Scarlet Letter. Hester Prynne committed adultery with a minister, got pregnant, had a baby, and was ostracized by her town and forced to wear a Scarlet Letter to like for a for adulterer and emma stone though she didn't sleep with anyone who was married she just became this imaginary slut basically yeah and put these a's on her claiming the slutness <laughs> like she was like fuck it you guys want to think i'm a slut well let's do it and she just wore all these like her clothes just got progressively skimpier and skimpier and skimpier as the thing went by and yeah that's majority of the plot line. Now, how this, you I'm sure you're asking yourself how the fuck this is a rom-com because right now it just sounds like a comedy. <laughs> well, <laughs> the whole school is shitting on Olive. She's like tore the fuck up like emotionally because the whole school is shitting on her. And then this guy who is this, the guy that Rhiannon has had a crush on for forever, finally like... Someone asks Olive out on a date, and it happens to be the guy that Rhiannon has had a crush on for her whole life. So they go on a date. They go out, and the restaurant that they're at, they're, like, about to eat, and Rhiannon ends up being there. And Olive, even though they're in a big fight, Olive freaks out, like, Rhiannon can't see me here. You can't, you can't do any of that. So they try to leave without Rhiannon seeing them, and she sees them. So that's, she gets fucked up. She's emotionally shaken because of that because Olive feels really bad then they get out to the parking lot to leave and the guy's like okay well here's a gift card I have $200 at Home Depot so what do I get to do to you and basically starts kissing on her and try to like fucking take advantage of her and she's like no that's not how it works I've just been saying that I'm doing these things I'm not actually doing them and he's like well $200 is $200 I get what I paid for basically and st keeps trying to fucking molest her in the parking lot then the guy that olive has had a crush on her entire life 
pops up because he works at the restaurant and saves the day. And they, like, connect. He drives her home. And throughout the movie, they've had, like, a bunch of different random connections. Yeah, I was going like, to say that. He, he pops up little by little throughout the movie. And it it's, it seems like the timing's never right. Like, no, it's never. It's always one of them's leaving or one of them's, like, popping up as the other one's scooting off. But, yeah. yeah. But it's revealed when he takes her home that he has feelings for her. Um, he asks to kiss her and she's like, no, I feel like shit. Like, I just got molested and all this. Like, no. Another time, basically. But they plot out, like, how she's going to get rid of this rumor thing. He is a big part of that at the end, in the big end scene where it all comes to, like, fruition. Basically, everything comes to fruition. So... Chunks of the movie are narrated by Emma Stone because it's taking place in a webcam. Like, it starts in a webcam. She's explaining the different parts of how this rumor thing went. And she breaks it down into all these different sections. Like, how the lie got started with Rhiannon. How the Brandon thing happened. How the different people started asking her to do things. You know, she has it all broken down. And at the end of the movie, she does this big like musical number with Todd the Woodchuck. Um <laughs> the Blue Devil, Todd the Blue Devil That's just fucking so <laughs> stupid. Um and basically at the end of her musical number she's like, if you wanna see what's underneath or what's left, whatever. She's like wearing this skimpy outfit and she's like, if you want to see more, tune into my webcam or my website or something at such and such time. During the basketball game. So nobody's at the fucking basketball game. Everyone's at home watching her shit on uh, their computers. And she's just pouring her heart out explaining every single thing that's led up to this point. And at the end, she's basically, you know what? Fuck all of you. You can have all your gift cards back. I don't give a shit. And I'm s- the w- thing I feel worst about is the thing that happened with the teachers. And yeah. It's oh mess. yeah, Sandman. Sandman's. Sandman and Phoebe. Their yeah. relationship got fucked up. Phoebe's crap. Yep. There's a whole like other sideline with uh, having to do with chlamydia and a teacher dating a student and, and another teacher. It's a mess. So, <laughs> But it's it's a really good story and you should definitely check it out. This movie has a crap ton of famous people in it. Yeah. Like, I don't know how or why they got so many really big names for this film like because at the time in 2010 emma stone had only done what like super bad at that point like yeah she didn't do much no i read that um the only other person that i could find that was like up for the role in this or up for the lead in this was uh jennifer lawrence oh wow yeah Eh, no i i like they're basically the same person yeah like they have very similar mannerisms and like their voice is similar. The way that they act in public is pretty similar. Like, Yeah, I just see a lot more Jennifer Lawrence. She's, like, being serious. Uh, I, she know? has been doing a lot of serious acting, but, like, it's weird because she's a really serious actor, but when she's out not acting, Jennifer Lawrence is just fucking ridiculous. Yeah. She's just, like, drunk all the time and, like, <laughs> I don't know. She's hella chill. Like, I'd fucking grab a beer with her. She's hella chill. But 
Emma Stone is like the opposite, kind of. Like Emma Stone is really serious, like out of movies. Or at least she seems that way. Like in the interviews and stuff that I've seen, she doesn't seem to be super like hilarious or joking around like Jennifer Lawrence is. Yeah. But in her movies, in a lot of her movies, she is really funny. Like she's really good at comedic timing. Oh yeah, she's amazing. So, yeah, so this movie has a ton of famous people in it, like I said. It's got Emma Stone as the lead. Her dad is played by Stanley Tucci. Uh, the Jesus Freak is Amanda Bynes. It's got Ali Machalka as uh, Rihanna and her best friend. It's got Malcolm McDowell as the principal. It's got Dan Bird, who is um, Brandon. Uh, Penn Bagley, who is from Gossip Girl, but also from You. We'll bring it, bring it forward until 10 years. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember when we were <laughs> watching dude it. from the movie You. Or from the show You. And I saw his face. I'm like, he looks really familiar. You, it's, you yes, said it's the guy from he You. He keeps like, popping oh, up yeah. on Netflix and fucking memes all over the place. Um, and then Thomas Hayden Church is her English teacher. Lisa Kudrow is his wife. Um, Patricia Clarkson plays her mom. Fred Armisen is like Amanda Bynes' dad. Oh, who yeah. Who's also <laughs> the pastor at Amanda Bynes' church. It's like a whole crazy cast of people like i don't know how they fit all these people into this movie or how they got all these famous really famous people to just be like yeah i'll play that part sure why not it seems like some like funny people it doesn't take much to to get them in for something yeah They're like hey you want to be like a pastor in this movie you'll have like 10 lines like Ooh. yeah it, it, it seems like the easiest thing is to get like comedians yeah to go my do favorite a, part a role. about fred armison being in the Playing the pastor, which I don't really like Fred Armisen, just in general. For whatever reason, the way that he, his comedy, his like really dry comedy is not my style. Fred Armisen's funny. I am I know you like him. But my favorite part in this whole movie is how they kind of like jabbed at Catholicism. Because he's a Catholic priest. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, everything's good, like normal, fine. And then at the end, when she's doing the webcam thing, he, like, she's about to, t- like, take it off or whatever. She says, I don't owe, owe you guys anything else. And she, like, gets up like she's going to take it off and then walks away. <laughs> and he, he, then they, like, cut to him. And he's like, what the fuck? And he's just, like, clicking his mouse, yeah. like, trying to refresh it. Like, he's a fucking pedophile, which I thought was a really hilarious dig at Catholicism in, you know, via Fred Armisen. I mean, she, she is a high schooler. You yeah, really I know. shouldn't be, like, watching that, but yeah. Of course not. No, but it was, I liked that they just took that little dig and just, like, didn't say anything of it. They didn't make any, like, big deal about it. He was just like, fuck it. We're going to take this dig. Okay. Uh, some fun facts about this film. Um, the entire Pendergast family is all named after food. So, Olive is the main character. Her dad, Stanley Tucci's character, is named Dill. The mom uh, is named Rosemary. The son, the adopted son, uh, is named Chip. And her older sibling, I don't care if it's a brother or a sister, she has, she has like an older sibling at college, their name is Kale. <laughs> so they're all named after food. Her name is an anagram. So she says in the movie, ha 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 ha, my name is an anagram for Olive, or for I love, you know, Olive, I love. But her last name, Pendergast, is actually a anagram for pretend shag. Damn. <laughs> yeah, that fucking went deep, right? Um, Emma Stone actually had an asthma attack 
while filming that fake sex scene with Dan Bird. Ooh. Yeah, while they were like jumping up and down on the on the bed and like moaning and shit, she had an asthma attack because it was like too much. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel bad for laughing at your asthma attack, but also that's pretty fucking funny. Like, <laughs> but why did you have an asthma attack? Uh, I was faking orgasms. <laughs> that's why. Yeah, fucking funny. So, Bert V. Royal, who uh, was the writer of the screenplay for this film, wrote the entire screenplay, except for the final ten pages, in five days. Wow, that's... This whole fucking movie, <laughs> basically, in five days. I I can't remember off the top of my head, but there is a movie, and it's a movie I really like, and I think it was two guys, or a guy and a girl, I'll have to go back. A duo. A duo, and they wrote the script for, like, an amazing movie, and they, like, sat in, like, a hotel and cracked it out over a weekend, and it's crazy to me that people can just sit down and, like, okay... Let's do this movie. And they're like, eh, that looks pretty good. And then they go about their day. It's it's crazy writing a script for a movie. It's it's tough. <laughs> writing treatments yeah. like uh what uh James Gunn, he does that all the yeah. time and stuff. It's I feel like it'd be easier now with modern technology because you could just do like voice to text. So you could just say your thoughts rather than having to like type it out and do all of that. Because, like, even if you type really fucking fast, like, you're not typing it as fast as you can, as fast as you're thinking it. Yeah. So, I don't know. I can't even imagine. Like, fucking days when it was typewriters and you were just like, oh, shit, I fucked up. <laughs> like, that sucks. It yeah. would have taken forever. I don't know how long the screenplay is for this film. It's, it is a longer movie because there's a lot of separate plot lines. Like, it's, I don't know. I guess an hour and 45. I didn't actually look at the time. Something timing. like that. It's... But it's, it's un- I think it's under two hours, but over an hour and a half. Somewhere in the middle of that. And I can't imagine how long that script is. Because... Someone, man. Because so usually. I have like no rhyme or reason to how long a screenplay is. Because the only screenplays or like things that I've read like screenplays for is like musicals. And those yeah. are already like, those are three hours meant to be like you know three hours so those things are fucking like 400 pages and forever so i got nothing well usually a lot of people like now and probably back then too uh they would do i think like five to ten pages just like a tiny little treatment like a scene and they're like this is what is like the spirit of this movie like with um with sin city um robert rodriguez got um was it josh hartnett and i can't remember her name for this one scene and um, he he had this treatment, and he, they filmed it, mm-hmm. and then they went to um, I can't remember his name Miller, Frank Miller. Yes, they went to Frank Miller because he was like he was saying no to anything, all his ideas. He's like, nah, yeah, he doesn't want anything. To it's do gonna with be poop. It. And then he saw that he's like, fuck, that looks great. And he yeah. said yes. It's but I can't remember. I think it's around ten pages for like one good scene. Yeah, but that's just a scene. This. He did oh. the entire screenplay oh, in it's five days. Probably a couple hundred pages. It's it's got to be yeah. right. Like, but it depends on how insanity. It depends on how heavy, like I type word wise. I type fast. You watch the movie. She spoke so much. Yes. Well, think about a Quentin Tarantino movie. 
like scenes where they are sitting at a table talking like like in in uh, death proof when they're sitting at the table talking about the story of um the aussie girl how she like fell off a cliff and then like landed yeah. on their feet and then later on it happens but yeah. that scene that's like 10 minutes of them talking about yeah but stuff some, of, the, some of this film a lot of this film was emma stone just going talking really fast it was very reminiscent of gilmore girls yeah like the speed at which she talks is like gilmore girls level and she throws in all these little quips like there's a million 80s movies 80s movie references in this film there's a bunch of like literary quips that she makes in regards to the scarlet letter and other uh books that you have to read in high school like she just keeps throwing in these like really little things like she has so much dialogue in this film i can't even fathom typing that much up in five days and I type fast. Like I'm think I'm trying to think about just <laughs> typing the script to this film, like or I guess the screenplay. I guess the screenplay's not quite a script. So not it's really. different. But still, like the because of how many different people she like deals with in yeah. this film, I can't imagine. Like the screenplay had to have been long. My uncle bought the script to ooh, was it Lethal Weapon Two? I think he really <laughs> liked it. And I remember seeing it and it's like, you know, like interior shot, like Riggs sitting on the toilet, like scared, and he's like, "Oh, there's a bomb on your, your toilet." He's like, "Okay, just jump in, and I'll cover you up." It, it was the legit, and it was thick. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a crazy amount. Well, I read the Cursed Child. That was a screenplay. Oh yeah, it wasn't but that was a, a little different. It wasn't a book book. Well, that was it was that's different too because it's it was a screenplay, but it was a screenplay meant for like. Uh, like a Broadway production oh. and a Broadway production that was meant to be really long. Like there was no intention of making it like a like movie length. Cursed Child is a two part Broadway show, basically. It's not a musical, but it's a Broadway show. That thing is like four and a half hours long, Jeez. five hours long. Yeah. So, <laughs> and that thing, I think the screenplay for that one is like 300 pages, but there's a lot that's, I would imagine there's a lot that's not in there. I haven't seen it live, but I could. I can't imagine all of that stuff. Does Harry Potter? Does he hang down in it? No, that was a different play. <laughs> oh yeah, he was naked for something. Equus, Equus, E Q U I S E Q Q I S. Some shit like that with a horse. He was naked, mm. like right after Harry Potter was done. He was like, I am done being Harry Potter. Here's I'm a grown we... ass man. Here's my dick. Like, <laughs> my dick. Emulation dick. Yeah, my dick. <laughs> Even though he's British. <laughs> he said, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sorry. Okay, Amanda Bynes, who you all should remember from the Amanda show. And from all that, she was like the youngest cast member on all that when she joined. She quit acting after this film, after watching herself in this film. So she watched herself be that religious, snobby bitch of a character and fucking quit acting. Oh, wow. She was like, nope, (laughs) I'm done. It's a shame. Yeah. It was a mess. All right. Who is your favorite character in this film? Um, usually... 
every time I watch the movie, um, uh, oh, I shouldn't do it. Nah, fuck it, I'm gonna do it like this. Um, I usually enjoyed like Olive. She's a solid character, yeah. you know, and learns something, and she's not a piece of shit. Yeah. So those are some of my favorite characters that still learn stuff, but they're not pieces of shit. Um, they can have problems, like Ash from Evil Dead. He he thinks he has all the answers, and he likes to slip through the cracks and do things, and he doesn't do it right. But then yeah. he saves the day. So, but um, watching it this time, uh, I just I guess it's me getting older and seeing things at a different angle. Um, I'm gonna kind of bend the rules a little. I'm gonna say the parents. They were some of my favorite characters. Okay, I have loved the parents in this film since the very first time that I saw this film. Yeah. They are so good. Stanley Tucci is, like, okay, Stanley Tucci's fucking gold in any movie that he's in, and if you put him in your movie, it's gonna be better than it would be with any other have actor you, in it. Have you seen the movie Big Trouble? In Little China? Did I say those words? No. <laughs> then no, I have not seen that no, film. Um, it's... It had, like, Johnny Knoxville in it, um, a ton of famous people. It's, that, it's this kind of movie where everybody... Just everybody was in it? Um, it happened... It actually was going to come out on September 11th. Yeah. And then, you know, the planes hit. There's a whole bunch of shit that was supposed to happen on September 11th, like, release-wise. Yeah. That didn't end up getting released. But Big Trouble has a plane scene in it where... They had to reshoot. It... Well, it's it looks like a... No, they they put it in. They just moved the movie back like a year. It looks like a dishwash, like a a, a disposal unit, but mm-hmm. it's a bomb. Everybody thinks it's, it's a disposal unit, but yeah. it's a bomb on a plane. And why would there be a disposal unit on a plane? I know. It, it, every time <laughs> someone looks at the bomb, they're like, it looks like a disposal unit for like a sink. They're like, it is. <laughs> but it it's good. It's a really good movie. But Stanley Tucci, yeah. he's a bad guy in it. Yeah. No, he's good as a bad guy or a good guy or just a middle of the road, like, not good or bad guy. Like, I'm telling you, like, if you can name, um, if you can recommend me a movie where you think I will dislike Stanley Tucci, please send me a recommendation <laughs> on Twitter, at AllentownPod. Give it to me, because I love that man and everything that he does. Caesar Flickerman, there is not, you can't. They could not have hired anyone else to be Caesar Flickerman in The Hunger Games. Like, that fucking ridiculous, bright-ass smile that he does, <laughs> and those obnoxious questions that he asks, no one else could have pulled that off but Stanley Tucci. The amazing intern to Miranda Priestly in uh, The Devil Wears Prada could only be done by Stanley Tucci. Like, the man is genius, and he's so good at everything. Gay characters, straight characters, bad guys, good guys. He's fucking great. My God, I love that guy. <laughs> so, when I think of Stanley Tucci, I think about this movie, but a half second before that, I think of Big Trouble. So, in the movie, for the longest, there was this toad, like his dog, he had like a some mutt doodle thing, mm-hmm. and this toad was like eating his food for the last like week. So, everybody's like, why is he getting thin? And he's like, I don't know, he's a stupid dog. And then they go, they cut to the dog, and he's sitting there like, mm-hmm. And this weird toe is just, like, eating his food. And then it just sprays him in the face. And it just, he goes crazy. So, later on, Stanley Tucci falls in front of the toad. And he's like, what the fuck is that? And the toad sprays him in the eyes with this, like, hallucinogenic thing. Mm-hmm. 
And so for a chunk of the movie, he's freaking out and he's like, she's going to take my soul. And he's like grabbing on people. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? Get off me. He looks at the dog. The dog's head is Martha Stewart. And they actually got Martha Stewart to bark like a dog and growl at him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, ah, screaming because he thinks that this Martha Stewart headed body dog yeah. is going to take his soul. It's, yeah. Big Trouble is really fucking good. It, yeah. It's a great movie. It's a shame Tim Allen, he's the main character. And Ben Foster is his son. Okay. And Elijah Dushku is the daughter of his, or the girl he likes. It. Everybody's oh, famous. It yeah. Um, But no, it's a shame. Heavy D's in it. He's like an FBI agent. Oh, man. It, I'm just thinking of everybody that's trying to pop in yeah. my head. Um, We will watch this. You will love this movie. Okay. It's fucking great. I'm ready. But of course I'm going to love it. Stanley Tucci. But it, it's a shame it came out around 9 Well, yeah. it was going to come out around yeah. 9 11. But yeah, no, that's my favorite characters is the the parents. Because um, I'd like to think I would be some type of relaxed like them. Like, well, I guess it comes with if you have a kid that you can trust. And, you know, because they ask her questions all the time when they're like well what's wrong and she's like eh, you know you might hear some things but don't worry I got this he's like should we worry you got this and she's like yeah I got it under control yeah. okay um, but they were always there to help her out and they're all weird and hippies and like hey it's cool hey we like that it's alright yeah. everybody's gay it's alright I everybody was gay once it's yeah. fine it's face everybody goes through it <laughs> <laughs> very very cool and open and yeah. that that's the type of like dad I'd want to be just like you yeah. good do I need to like I don't want to have to watch you every five seconds are you are you alright yeah, yeah I'm good cool I'm gonna go do my stuff and watch this movie my favorite thing that Stanley Tucci does in this film and I love everything that he does in this film but my favorite scene is when they're sitting at the table <laughs> or at the bre- like they're eating breakfast or whatever and they're talking about um what is it? Something growth spurts. Or... Growth spurts. Oh yeah, puberty. Something like that. And the the son is like, when are you? Okay, for those of you who haven't seen it, they have an adopted son who is black, and they are clearly like it's Emma Stone. She's very very pale white, and they're like sitting at the at breakfast talking about he's talking about puberty. The kids like I don't know if you know when will I ever go through puberty? And Stanley Tucci or the mom is like. Oh, you know, well, you were we're a family of late bloomers. You know, I went through puberty late. Your father went through puberty late. Your sister went through puberty late. You know, it'll come to you when, when it's time. And the kid is like, "Why does that matter? I'm adopted." And Stanley Tucci's like, hits the fridge really hard, and he's like, "What? Who told you?" <laughs> it's just like, that's the funniest shit. Like, the, oh my god, it's so good. It's so fucking funny. But no, that's uh, honestly that that's the type of dad I'd want to be. Just yeah, being silly, but just like I I don't want to have to watch you. Like yeah. you're good, you're good. Like I'll I'll hop in if you need me. But no, he's that that's cool. But yeah, this yeah I think it's this time. This was the first one. Like I laughed at all the things they said, but just yeah. seeing it, you know, older, I was like, no, they're they're amazing. So I love the parents for sure, and I think they are funnier for like they have more opportunities to be funnier but i think for for this time around i'm I'm gonna say my overall favorite is probably the parents but for this time around i'm gonna go with uh woodchuck todd (laughs) 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 
<laughs> when he fucking like attacks that log of wood. <laughs> so stupid. I love that he's he has the same amount of hypeness, maybe a little bit more than when he was like the devil. Yeah. The blue devil. He and, has to. And then he is... changed to woodchuck and he's extra hyped to be a woodchuck. Yeah. I oh, like man. that I like that he is just continually a mascot. Like he first he was the school mascot blue devil, then they changed it after Jesus Freaks like forced them to and they changed to the woodchucks and he then he was woodchuck Todd. And then he works at the lobster restaurant they went to, so then he's Lobster Todd. (laughs) He had, like, a whole bunch of different names, but he was, like, he was a genuinely good dude throughout the whole film. He was a really good friend to Olive, and he, he was, like, really sweet. Like, they show, like, a flashback to when they were in middle school, and they had to play Seven Minutes in Heaven, and he's like, you know, what if we just didn't kiss, like, would you just say that you kissed me? Because I'm not really ready for a kiss. And all of yeah. us like, yeah, sure, dude. Like, I'm cool. Even though she really wanted to kiss him. And it was just like, oh, that's sweet. Like, you know, you're a little boy and you're not ready. That's fine. I don't know. I really liked his character. And then he shows up for her time and time again. Like, when she nearly got molested by douchebag. And when, uh, like, at the end of the movie when she needs rescuing, basically. Yeah. Or not rescuing, but, you know, to go on her actual first date like a real first date and all of that so it was cute okay what are your least favorite character damn uh i'm gonna go with lisa kudrow's character yes um so at first you know when she like breaks down and you just you find out that she was having sex with a student but he's like 20 something because he's stupid and then he, he got his like what, syphilis? Not syphilis. No, chlamydia. Uh, chlamydia from a guidance counselor. And if she's breaking down, like, oh, my job, you know, I lost... My job, your... my marriage, my blah, blah, blah. And I then, ruined everything. And then Olive is like, well, you can just say that I did it, you know? And you then know, she's like... thinks that I did. And so at first you think that, oh, okay, well, she did a really nice thing for her. And then later on, Olive is like, no, we, well, you gotta go back and say that you did this. And she's like, well, no one's gonna believe you, and I'm an adult, so... And you're just kind of skanky. So yeah. she just goes back on it. And then she's like, nah, no one's going to believe you. So we're not going to do that. Yeah, like, that Damn. was super fucked up of Lisa. Because that's the worst thing that happened in this film for sure. Lisa Kudrow's character fucked Olive over. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, Lisa Kudrow's character is the worst. With a close second being Amanda Bynes' character. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. Do you see people... Um, I mean... Well, I don't no. know. She's not as crap as Lisa Kudrow was. No, no, not not in, like, because Lisa Kudrow fucked up, like, on the grand scale. Like, she fucked up. She fucked a student. She screwed over another student. She messed up her marriage. She did all this horrible, horrible shit. But Amanda Bynes' character is definitely reminiscent of religious people in general. Yeah. Like, you even, they even, like, did the two-facedness of Christians and Christianity in this film. Like, what was it? Uh, Marianne was, like, crying about something. Oh, her about her boyfriend, because her boyfriend was, like, her par- their parents were going through a divorce or whatever. And Olive, like, consoles her in the office, and then they're, like, BFFs. Like, yeah. immediate BFFs for an entire day until the end of the day... When she hears something bad about Olive and then flips a switch and then they she hates her. 
and turns this whole fucking crowd against her, like, protests and riots, basically, (laughs) over Olive and her sexual mishandlings or whatever. Yeah, but, I don't know. It was a lot, and it sucks, because that's how a lot of Christian people are. They're just like, oh, well, I love you, I love you, I love you, uh, until you do something that I don't exactly approve of, and then I fucking hate you. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you're a horrible person. And it's like... No, I'm the same person. I haven't changed. Like, all right. Um, what did you think of the music in this film? Um, only songs are very popular with having really good soundtracks. Well, I mean, they had a couple of like you know songs like the Pike Full of Sunshine <laughs> and Knock on Wood. They had that cool version, but a lot of it seemed like to me. I can't think of anything that pops out, but uh, it seemed like they had that weird like. Busy music. It was like ba da ba ba and she's like in the background doing stuff. Like, and it seemed like that played the whole time. I can't think of an original song in this movie. I don't think there were original songs. I mean, but the songs but, they picked were cool. Well, I mean, there's an original soundtrack, I'm sure, but like a classical soundtrack in the back. But yeah, I can't think of it. Yeah, but that that's not what it, really what I meant. I meant for rom-coms, it's more the soundtrack because the soundtrack tends to move like the regular soundtrack because it tends to move the plot along, mm-hmm. um, like the knock on wood and the all of that, and like the don't you forget about me. Like there, the soundtrack to this film has a lot of allusions to other '80s films, and yeah. each song that's in this that's featured in this film is like a callback to another, like you know, coming of age, like high school story from the 80s. Yeah, you can see there were a lot of nods to other things in this this movie. Yeah, there were like Ferris Bueller nods, there were Pretty in Pink nods, there was all, it was all over the place. Breakfast Club. The music was, the music was alright. I've heard better in, you know, high school teen movies. Yeah. But it it wasn't bad. Yeah. Alright, what about the storyline? Like, the love storyline. What did you think about that? Like, her... Into, like, chronologically, from, like, them being in 7th or 8th grade to them now. Like, how did you feel like that flowed together in the movie? Um, it seemed like at first, um... Like we were saying, they were just kind of like two ships just passing by. And he... I like to think that he was getting the, you know, quotation mark, full story from people around him. But, I don't know, he he seemed to just kind of wait and get the real story from her. Like, he knew that... He was a genuine dude. Something was up with what was happening. Like, oh, she's a slut. And and I heard she had sex with, like, ten dudes. He's like, oh, wow, ten dudes, shit. Yeah. And it's like, well, what happened? And he's like, I didn't do any of that. I'm like, oh. Um, No, he was a great dude. It just seemed like... I don't, I don't want to say it seemed like an afterthought, all of that, but, like, he pops up little by little, and then towards the end of the movie, they finally show each other, like, emotion. It's like, like, in a lot of rom-coms I can think of, usually he would pop up early, they would have a good phase, something bad would happen, one of them would say something terrible, and then they'd be like, fuck it, I'm done with you, it's over. And then he would get with, like, Amanda Bynes or something, Amanda Bynes would go on a, go on a date, and then Olive would run in and 
they would realize they're perfect for each other, and then they would ride off on the lawnmower. Well, I mean, that'd be the Rhiannon thing. Yeah. Remember, because she found out that Rhiannon had kissed him, like, the next year after they did the seven minutes in heaven where they didn't end up kissing. Yeah. Her best friend had kissed him. So, uh, it wasn't, like, an afterthought, but it's, this movie had a lot that they yeah. had to work in. Yeah. So, it just seemed like... The love story is definitely, like... There could have been a little bit more of It's interwoven, that. but it's loosely interwoven. Like, it's yeah. not super important. I mean, it is, because that's how she gets her happy ending, I guess. But yeah. they didn't spend too much time, like, building the relationship between. You're just supposed... They, like, do that callback to, to middle school, and you're just supposed to believe that that's it. That's where they were. <laughs> like, yeah. that's, that's where their love started, and... They've secretly admired each other from afar since then. All right, so this movie came out September 17th, 2010. A whopping almost 10 years ago. Jeez. That's insane. Um, what do you think the budget was? I'm going to say $25 million. Whew, That's a good guess, considering all the famous people that are in this movie and the year that it came out. But this movie was only $8 million. Oh, wow. They did this whole shit for $8 million, which is insane to me. Wow. Jeez. Okay. Yeah, the laundry list of people. Okay, what do you think it did box office-wise? I'm going to tell you, it did very well. From its... I'm going to say... Very, I'm just going to say it did very well. I'm going to say $82 million. Ooh, much closer this time. $75 million. Okay. Yeah. I was trying to think of what multiple multiple there could be. Yeah, but, no, yeah. this movie almost made ten times its bu- its budget. That's great. Yeah. This I fucking love this movie. And it's if you watch this movie and you don't like it, I will be shocked. Like unless you just hate half the cast of this film, like before you even start watching it, I will be shocked if you don't like this film. If you watch it and don't like it, because this movie's fucking funny. It's got something for everyone. It's got, like, literary... There's a bunch of literary stuff woven in, like the um, Huckleberry Finn, like, thing that they threw in at the end. Um, Yeah, and all the Hester Prynne stuff. I don't know. It's really, really good. This is a great movie, and you should definitely watch it. So check out Easy A. Go rent it. I'm sure that it's on Amazon or somewhere where you can find movies i'm sure you'll be able to find it somewhere download it watch it it's great give me a seven word synopsis otis high school kids are very horny nosy <laughs> i ran out of words horny Maybe... nosy. <laughs> oh well, okay uh, horny com- and nosy combine com- high the school very. don't take well yeah take out the very yeah like they, they want to know all this stuff about her, but then, I don't know, they seem to, like, were jealous of her because she was getting some, I guess. Yeah. And it they was weird. weren't. It was weird. But I like to think that some of them had been getting it on, so I don't get oh, why yeah. they, uh, maybe it's, yeah, because, it's, well, it's weird because it's because she got called out. Well, it's, it. it's because it's supposed to be, like, reminiscent of, uh... The Scarlet Letter. Yeah. Back in, like, Puritan times when everyone was just like, oh, you know, sex is only supposed to happen when you're married. You know, nobody, you're not supposed to have sex outside of marriage, like, unless, you know. Gotta put your penis through the, 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 the pee hole for your <laughs> pants. Can't take them off. I don't even know that they had 
holes in their pants for that in those days. To take your pants all the way down. Guaranteed they weren't. And unbuckle those suspenders. Hundred percent they weren't hundred percent they were not completely naked. To have sex? Guaranteed they weren't completely naked. Oh, probably not. I'm sure they kept their shirts on. They probably had one of those sheets. And their socks and their shoes on. A sex sheet? Probably. Why like the they episode have... of Letter Kenny? That's a mess. <laughs> I doubt they had sex sheets. I'm sure they got naked. No, they didn't look. Blue that candle out quick. How do you know? Puritans can be freaks. Clearly, Hester Prynne like, had a sex with the pastor who was married. I don't know. Some freaks out here. Think about it. If there weren't freaks, would the pastor of the church who is married be having sex with random woman off the streets? Hey, man. She looked like Demi Moore. She did not look like Demi Moore. <laughs> you don't watch that version. As you learn in this film, do not watch that version if you're trying to cheat the system and not read the book. Yeah. Puritan freaks come out at night. All right. My seven-word synopsis for the film is fake sex and rumors leads to love. Yeah. Yeah, that's... What the fuck? Uh, The Puritan freaks come out at night. <laughs> yep. That's seven. <laughs> Fucking around singing that. The Puritan freaks come out at night. Freaks come out. The oh freaks come my out god. At night. I don't know what that's from or where. I don't know that, but. You don't know that song? Freaks come out at night? No. Uh, I know. I think you played it for me before, but I'm confused. Freaks come out at the, night. You putting the Puritans in front of it confused me. Well, can you say something about the Puritans being freaky? Yeah. And you said you said freaky and then my Rolodex of Weird stuff shit in I your know. brain. Yeah. It said freaks freaks come out at night. And I was like, okay. Alright, do you have anything else to say about Easy A? No, it's good. It's a great movie. You should go check it out. Stay tuned. We're gonna do some more rom coms later this month. Keep an ear out. Um, remember to tweet at us if you wanna get a hold of us at Allentown Pod. You can email us at allentownpresents at gmail.com, and you can listen to us anywhere that podcasts can be found. We're on iHeartRadio and Spotify and iTunes and Google Play and everywhere else, basically. Cool. I don't know where else you listen to, <laughs> to listen to podcasts besides those like four places, but if you're listening somewhere else, check us out. Tell your friends also have them check us out we've got all sorts of new content coming at you all the time we've got 20 minutes at the bar mr sparkle power hour we've got the spooky movie squad which is vampires this month we've already done a couple of those and they're fucking great so you should check them out and yeah stay tuned for more rom-coms uh i think our next one is going to be the wedding singer so come check it out Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you guys later. Okay, see you guys. Bye.